KRFP, <clears throat> excuse me, KRFP, Moscow, Idaho, 90.3 on the FM dial, krfp.org. You can go to krfp.org and find out, out how you can become a member of this community-supported, community-supporting radio station. Going to get into another segment of that replay of the interview with Mark. This is John Andercheck, and the show is Labor Lines. I'm recording this on August 14th for Play on the 24th. Thank you. John Andercheck back again. It is October 6th. I'm at my home in Idaho County, Idaho, being joined by Mark Anderlich. He's out of Missoula right now. He has been there for a number of years, uh, actually. A lifelong community organizer, labor organizer, uh, we've been speaking about austerity, neoliberalism, neoliberal capitalism. Uh, right now, our uh, focus is on austerity. Uh, Mark's been giving us some background. Uh, but Mark, uh, in the first segment here, uh, you spoke about how we spoke about weaponization of fiscal policy, economic policy, and how the Republicans, who just are better fighters, if you ask me, um, the took the teeth out of the IRS to undermine uh, the Affordable Care Act because that was going to be the, the the tool behind it, the way uh, that's such a complex, uh, goodness sakes, why have uh, uh, Medicare for all or uh, universal health care when you could have a 2,000-page uh, uh, health care bill? We had to use mm-hmm. the IRS, which left uh, a uh, Affordable Care Act vulnerable uh, I brought up uh, when we were off recording uh, the Republicans, probably one of their greatest tools, their greatest fronts for uh, neoliberalism, for uh, the fundamentals, privatization, uh, austerity and deregulation is the wrecking crew where they they undercut government. And uh, go ahead, get into that. Yeah. Wrecking crew is a good is a good way of putting it. And so. Um, and excuse me, Mark. I, we do have to. We do have to pay homage to Thomas Frank. Uh, <laughs> to, yeah. See that, that's uh, that's his term. He wrote the book Carl Rove and Company. You know. Uh, but go right ahead, Ben. Sorry, I just I just had to, we had to put that disclaimer in. Yes. <laughs> um, so if, if you look at, um, you know, actually I did uh, taught workshops like this um, back 12, 15 years ago. In Montana, um, back you know uh, twenty years ago, uh, Republicans. I mean, there, there's a game plan to all this, right? To, to neoliberalism, and so and it's pretty simple to explain. And I think once people see that, they go, "Oh, yeah, of course." So it's it started off in Montana as with Republicans saying, "Taxes are bad. Taxes are bad. Taxes are bad." And so we're, we're here, elect us, and we'll cut your taxes, okay? So they get elected, and they get in there, and in Montana, they basically cut the capital gains tax, they flatten the income tax, so, you know, a millionaire pays the same percentage on, on their income as someone making $18,000 a year in Montana, even still. Um, and so... Um, so there was, a, a, you know, both of those cut about $150 million a year out of Montana's government, Montana government's budget. So, okay. And uh, so the next part is the austerity part, okay, where 
the Republicans say, well, you know, because we have less coming in and income, right? And, you know, they use the lie that the tax cuts were to stimulate the economy, which actually nothing of the sort ever happened. Um, but uh, uh, they said, well, because we have less coming in in revenue because of the tax cuts, um, we're going to have to impose austerity and cut the education budget. Okay. So they cut the education budget big time. And then a few years down the road, they go, well, look, you know, with the obvious problems that come up when you cut the education budget, schools and teachers and, and school districts have a much tougher time um, operating. And they'll then they start making the argument, well, look, public education doesn't work. See, you know, look at all the problems that public education is going through. And um, and then they say, well, I mean, the, the, the final gambit would be privatization. Right. As you say where all the public schools become privatized. And that's the game plan, basically, right? And it, it, it's, um, it, it's effective, it's, uh, but unless you, unless you know how to call BS on it, right, um, you're, you know, as Democrats are pretty inept at um, making counters to that. Um, so um, that's where we find it. I mean, that's a, a simple way of kind of looking at the situation we're in. And, um, and austerity is a, is a major part of that process. It makes me think, Mark, uh, listening to that, right. Uh, and uh, again, weaponization, and uh, it's no um, uh, secret. It's not a mystery, let's put it that way, taking on public education, be it the universities and all because that plays so well in the culture wars, right? You know, the liberal bastions. I wish they were as liberal as they make them sound, but they are, uh, in our society, are a bastion of some type of humanism, uh, uh, not anti-religion or anti-Christian, but again, a a place to build a democratic society starting uh, in the public school system, K through 12, and then into our higher education. uh, uh, And, you know, Folks like yourself, myself, my family, my wife's family, uh, we've believed that educated, uh, a chance for education builds a better citizenry, builds a better country, builds a better community. Uh, it's fundamental to, again, uh, secular humanism and uh, the main the tenets of the of the mainline Christian churches. And and uh, and so here we are. Um so we yeah. do see it there, you know, we do see it there, Mark, that it's, 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 that's what they're taking on. But I also had a thought is it brings me back to uh, the, the industrial revolution. Um, in effect, these are our commons. And, you know, what did the, what mm-hmm. did the, what did they use, uh, especially in England, Great Britain in the 1700s, they, the enclosures act, they, they chased the people off the commons so they would come into the city to work in uh, uh, the startup of the industrialized society, uh, working mm-hmm. in the proto mm-hmm. uh, steel foundries, yeah, uh, working yeah. the mines, uh, and all the human tragedy, uh, all the destruction of families, uh, the literal loss of life. Uh, and these are our commons now, uh, literally and figuratively, when I, where I live, where you live in Montana, when we look at our public lands, uh, and right. there is certainly going to be on the table, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's so so neoliberalism. Um, it, you, you point out some really good um, 
aspects of, of how neoliberalism has, it, it's almost, a, I mean, I've, I've come to start calling it more of a totalitarian ideology. And um, it includes the culture wars, right? So, but rather cynically, right? I think what it yes. does is it gets people behind saying, well, yeah, the, you know, the public universities, you know, they, they teach about, you know, Marxism, right, for instance, so, and which is antithetical to our family values, and therefore we should cut funding to the universities, right? That's, um, but, the, but the real project, I mean, the, the culture stuff is just window dressing, as far as I can tell, um, for, for those, you know, who are really <laughs> in charge, the, the oligarchic elite. Um, they're more concerned about having control over the political economy, right? Which means control over the national government, but also, you know, the media and also uh, the economy itself, which I think is, um, in the long run, is, 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 is completely self-destructive. I think, I think they're just, uh, you know, I think the, the, unintended effects of austerity and privatization and general neoliberal um, uh, control by the ruling elite. And look, this is like, this is kind of dressed up in new language, but it's as old as humanity, right? It's those who are rich and powerful <laughs> who uh, may be um, uh, wanting to keep their power or expand their power. And, um, the uh, and the rest of us are trying to scramble, you know, to get a piece of the action, right? So, um, so it's it, this is like a a really old story with lots of you know uh, new twists and turns, but um, it, in effect, it's 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 kind of the same. And um, and I think it's I think neoliberalism as an economic thought has completely failed, and that was you know when. When uh, Obama bailed out Wall Street uh, during the last financial crisis, kind of put an end to that, right? You need the you need the public utility that money is, right? Money is a is a public utility. It's part of our commons, and and uh, we have been lied to about that. That is a our our commons, our our our, our common heritage, and. Um, and, and it's used, you know, strictly for the benefit and interests of the of the wealthy and 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 capitalist class. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He bailed them out. Uh, uh, you know, I'm never going to be defending Trump, uh, except people if I if people say I defend Trump by pointing out uh, inconsistencies from the other side. And I see you suffer that too on uh, social media. Uh, but I did see someone's comment the other day. It's like, remember those stimulus checks from, from the great recession of 07, 08. Mm, neither do I, no. No. <laughs> or, or, or no. literally not even bans on evictions and foreclosures. I don't even think we've surpassed the foreclosures of 07, 08 yet in part because we banned them. We didn't ban them then. I, and they, they were literally yeah. in the millions. But, but So that's a little distraction there. Uh, but again, our, our commons, you know, uh, uh, I agree with you that this neoliberal capitalism, uh, it, it is a totalitarian um, philosophy almost, uh, Mark. And yeah. you and I have talked about this uh, from a society 
where um, we're supposed to be this Christian society, uh, it, you know, they talk about it financializes the economy. I say it financializes humanity. Uh, you know, yeah. we're we're yeah. treated no differently uh, uh, than the most hardcore uh, definition of uh, state communism. That we're just we're just or to think of Mario Savio. You know, is this the you know we're we're in the gears there, aren't we? You know, the gears we're, of the machine. Yeah, and I think it's even worse because I think under. Um, you know, in the Soviet Union, um, uh, I mean, they, they had an ideology that often didn't, you know, comport with the the, the actual actions of 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 the government. But I think a lot I think a lot of people were very, um, you know, not fooled. I think we're way more fooled okay. by by neoliberalism in this country and and thinking that. You know the, the the democratic version of neoliberalism is is better because it's you know it looks at race it looks at gender it looks like you know ability um, and is much more sympathetic to that but it is still a variation of neoliberalism and I uh, versus the Republican version of neoliberalism and neither one of them are sustainable. Nor, I mean, given the depression that we're, we are in right now, I mean, I, I can't emphasize this enough. We have, we still have an unemployment rate over 20%, a real unemployment rate, not the official figures they come out with, um, well over 20% right now. We have small businesses failing at, at rates that have never been seen before in, in, in the last 150 years. Um, we have um, people not being able to pay their power bills or not be able to afford their rent or their mortgages. Uh, four times worse now than it was at this time last year. And, um, and if we are to survive this, I mean, it, it, we have to, you know, the, the shutdown had to happen with the pandemic. And, but it didn't necessarily have to be such economically catastrophic um, at, um, as it's starting to become. And, um, and that's because uh, neoliberalism would say, well, we can't do that because of the federal deficit, right? And so the Republicans, that's what they're saying right now. They're balking at, at, the, at the HEROES Act. They have a counter one. Uh, you know, a counter proposal for stimulus during this time. Um, and, but, you know, Nancy Pelosi is also, is not all that concerned either um, with uh, the, you know, suffering that the, you know, people on the lowest 50%, I mean, we're at 50% right now of people whose lives and uh, are in, in, in economic lives are in total jeopardy right now, either through, you know, uh, uh, unemployment or just, uh, you know, businesses closing underneath them. Um, and, uh, and this could all be done, uh, you know, with, um, you know, a, a quick bill in Congress saying, well, you know, we should get, we should have guaranteed people's wages and small business overhead until the end of the pandemic, no matter how much it costs. And we would be, you know, we'd be in a, a, a fine 
economic situation to rebound once the pandemic is dealt with. But instead, they messed it up, and um, they tried to have it both ways, and they didn't go deep enough um, in terms of stimulating the economy. And so we're going to be seeing, um, uh, you know, permanent things like the, you know, lots of companies are going out of business, and uh, and lots of government uh, agencies are suffering uh, irreplaceable loss of staff due to, um, you know, uh, Congress refusing to uh, over, you know, to get beyond neoliberalism and to really do the fiscal stimulus. That is really the only way we're going to get out of this. Uh, and uh, in which also the Obama administration completely failed to do. They didn't do any fiscal stimulus. It was all just tisk. And uh, they bailed out Wall Street, but not, you know, the average mortgage holder. And so that really set the, the stage for Trump. And and I guess the what, what the biggest thing I'm afraid of, I'm not afraid of, of Trump. Uh, you know, I, I am not afraid of Trump declaring himself president for life or something like that. He's he's got nothing to back it up. I think he's he's. Uh, but what I'm more afraid of is getting a really effective and smart and competent fascist um, is the term. Um, and there's historical precedent for this in that uh, there's, a, there's a very interesting study done about how austerity uh, imposed by the Weimar government in Germany in, at, the, at the beginning of the Great Depression um, concretely helped the Nazis win electoral victory. And, and I think that um, we're headed exactly in the same direction. If there's no, uh, if, if austerity is what either the Trump administration or a Biden administration is going to promise us uh, in, in the next while, it's going to increase people's suffering. They're going to go, I mean, it's going to destroy our, you know, more and more of what we've built in common over the years. And people get more and more desperate. They're going to be looking more and more to extremists, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, on the uh, on the right to have a strong man come in and take care of business. And um, so I think that, you know, you could look at austerity help set up Brexit in England, right, which has been nothing but a disaster for them. Um, and uh, austerity does not lead to any good results that that we want. Agreed. Agreed. Right. It's you just see it across the line or in France, Macron and um, mm. uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. The poster child. Right. Uh, uh, interesting. Uh, uh, and, you know, again, uh, weaponization, the weaponization. So I was hearing how the compromise bill right now between Pelosi and uh uh, Trump's advisor, Munchen, uh, it's like Mnuchin, Mnuchin yeah. excuse yep. me, uh, uh, the pittance that they're talking about for state aid. I had to listen to it twice. It's not even a billion dollars. <laughs> and and so to me, that's nothing, Mark. Uh, again, I'm speaking with Mark Anderlich, uh, a yep. friend and a comrade. Mark, uh, to me, that's nothing but a weaponization because uh, under, uh, you know, the the certain uh, regime behind this um, 
they want the states to fail. They want, you know, right. you know, again, because the, because who's going to be vulnerable when the states fail? They can't they can't print money. Uh, it, it, so it's going to be the public sector. It's going to be the commons, the public schools, the libraries, the yeah. public libraries, everything that's foundational yeah. to what you and I consider uh, to be a civil society. You and I consider worth fighting for. You've been fighting for all your life. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be it's, so they're weaponizing it. It, 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 it it's uh, don't it can't be looked at, in my opinion, any other way. And so you made a good point. You know, there there was a better way. You and I have talked about this. There was a better alternative that was uh, uh, used to some degree elsewhere. I think Great Britain used it to some extent, though I think they yeah. backed off on it. Uh, but th- they didn't. And now we just again have to hope for the best is. Um, uh, considered deficit spending uh, in the form of uh, uh, unemployment assistance, uh, stimulus checks, uh, uh, propping up the businesses. Uh, but if we do, but you and I have spoken about this, and it's a legitimate concern. Um, you don't uh, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Uh, is a use use you know that uh, that under a Biden administration. Uh, or Trump, uh, we would see the call for austerity. And we talked about this before we got on recording here. Um, you know, now we're looking at the current use of it or, or the, the near-term possibility, uh, right, or literally right around the corner, you know, next spring. Yeah, we would see the budget cuts, uh, that we'd, we'd see the states uh, floundering, if not failing, uh, if we don't do something. And, uh and it's used to undercut, again, weaponize uh, the public school system as one example. We'll use it to make arguments for, well, we don't need this public school system. We'll just stick with virtual classrooms, virtual schools, or the privatization. And uh, the other front, in my opinion, will be um, uh, in a more general uh, field, the attacks on wages, attacks on um collective bargaining agreements it's like oh we're gonna have to roll back your wages right but we're gonna have to and it's gonna be and you know how it's gonna come mark uh or maybe you know this is what i believe it's gonna like well we're all gonna have to do our share well uh, again we know that's gonna demoralize uh society because it won't be long before we realize uh you know not everyone's doing their share and and, you know this is so unnecessary because we are the world's richest nation in history. And, and, and we can't afford to have public education. We can't afford to um, pay public sector workers a decent wage. I mean, that's, it's ludicrous. And so, um, and, and this is where it's another reality check in terms of, uh, you know, that calls for austerity in the world's richest nation um, is uh, uh, absolutely un, uh, unsustainable. And But yet you have to wonder, well, why is it that, you know, the, uh, the, the opposition party, the Democrats, uh, so thoroughly get sucked into the neoliberal um, ideology, even though, you know, uh, right in front of them, I mean, by funding the CARES Act, right, $2.2 trillion, 
Congress didn't raise taxes and collect that money, um, you know, to pay for that. Um, they didn't. They didn't issue bonds worth two point two trillion dollars, and wealthy, you know, people went out and bought those bonds to raise money for the government. Um, they just created the money. Congress authorized the creation of that money, and um, that's how that was done. And uh, and 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 so they have the evidence in front of them, and this is what this is what really disturbs me is a lot of you know a lot of democratic political leaders still buy into this well this lie that the federal budget is just like our personal budget, and um, we have to balance it otherwise that's just irresponsible and passing along these debts to our children. That's just so much hogwash and. Uh, and, 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 you know, somehow we've got to get leadership um, to understand that, you know, the money system is a public utility. And let's not lie about it. It is it, it should be used for the benefit of the American people. And and right now it's being used as a weapon against the American people to put us back to undo all the, the advances made by the New Deal by the labor movement, by the women's movement, by, you know, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera, all the way. That, that's, what's, that's what's being done. Right. And that's a good point, Mark. Excuse me. Excuse me, because I'm thinking about that. The, the attack really came on. Um, we're coming again close to a uh, uh, half hour break. Uh, let's stop here and uh, uh, we'll uh, get a little more in here as we look into the future. Hold on a second, folks.
KRFP, Moscow, Idaho, 90.3, on the FM dial, krfp.org. The show is Labor Lines. And Anderchek, back again with my friend and comrade, Mark Anderlecht. Uh, we're going to be, we've been covering uh, the background to neoliberal capitalism, a discussion Mark and I have had before, uh, specifically uh, this episode uh, that we've been doing together now, this rendition of it. We've been looking at austerity, uh, the background of it, the, the, the how it's built on a lie, the idea that government can go bankrupt, uh, and the, the weaponization of neoliberalism, the weaponization of austerity. Uh, one only has to look at the targets of austerity uh, to, uh, I think, understand that. And uh, with the current crisis, uh, the current depression, 20% plus unemployment, the failure, uh, the the just disappearance of small businesses, which was touted as being the, the foundation of our economy. Um, looking ahead, and if, if uh, we can fully expect, unless we see a turnaround in leadership, for a call for austerity. And uh, uh, I would say, Mark, that we're going to see that again at towards the public sector, uh, but also uh, – more broadly against the working class, the labor front, uh, we know we're going to see uh, calls for as contracts come up, collective bargainings come up, collective bargaining agreements, excuse me, labor contracts come up. Um, uh, we'd like to think otherwise, but it would probably be a sure bet that we're going to see a call for austerity on that front, on the wage front. So go ahead. Yeah, I think. You know, um, moving ahead, it seems like, um, obviously, I think we all need to disabuse ourselves of the, the, the lies of neoliberalism um, and, and the, the lie that the federal budget is like our own household finances. Because, at, you know, like you said, we've, we've, we've looked at all the different um, political ways in which um, you know, uh, uh, Congress, especially, um, but state legislatures and cities as well, has uh, used the uh, understanding, basically it bought into the understanding of neoliberalism and have acted accordingly, which means, um, especially like public service, public sector wages, um, which are paid for uh, on the local and state level are paid for mostly by um, local and state taxes and um, and some by you know federal money for sure um, but uh, you know getting into that trap is is basically uh, public sector unions um, you can't fight it you can you basically say well the employer doesn't have the money because of tax cuts and other things. And so therefore, uh, you know, we're going to have to, you know, uh, sort of tamp down our wage expectations and tamp down our expectations of what government can do. And it's just a, it's a spiral downward. It's, it, it, it's uh, entirely a, spi- a spiral downward to the point where, uh, yeah, well, we got to, you know, we have to cut these programs because we can't afford it anymore. Well, um, you know, we have to get smart and stop, you know, uh, uh, stop believing the the rhetoric, believing the lies about it. And 
but it's also, you know, you're not going to be able to bargain your way out of this. I think it's, we, we need to have a politics that really looks at, that basically rejects neoliberalism in its entirety and austerity specifically and understand that the federal budget is, is our, um, is a public utility and it's our commons and it could be used to fund things that people need and, um, which isn't happening now. And so that, uh, you know, that part of that means is that, uh, we have to be able, uh, you know, I'm speaking, you know, either as a labor movement or as a citizens movement, we have to challenge not only the Republican party, uh, in their, uh, quest to really uh, basically uh, solidify the power of the of the elite, um, but also the Democrats. Um, and we have to be fearless in challenging the Democrats. Anytime they uh, falter and start uh, believing in this neoliberal ideology. And, uh, and there's plenty of them that do. And so, uh, because there's no way we're going to uh, we can't fight that um, because in the end, that public utility called the money system is controlled by Congress. And if there's a Congress, majority in Congress that believes in neoliberalism, Democrat or Republican, doesn't matter, um, we're, we're going to lose. And we're going to lose, we're going to continue to lose, and we're going to continue seeing the decline of the labor movement because uh, because we're, we, we're not looking at the problem uh, accurately and rightly, and we need to, um, you know, reassess what it means to be a, a labor union and support the Democratic Party, as it were, right? Um, and, and I think that's, that's a big lift for, for a number of unions, but I think it's absolutely necessary because, uh, anything that smacks the neoliberalism in the end is going to destroy labor. It's going to destroy working conditions. It's going to destroy wage levels. It's going to destroy our our, our commons. I agree. I mean, it's it, it's going to it literally, uh, and it, it's happened already uh, to a great extent. But it'll continue to hollow mm-hmm. out our society, Mark. And I'll and I'll let I'm going to let myself here speak of uh, from my perspective from the faith that I, I try to practice. Uh, we say we practice it uh, because uh, it'll take a lifelong and, and at the end we'll probably won't get it right. But uh, what we have seen, in my opinion, in my judgment, at 65 years, uh, is uh, a society under neoliberalism where financialization of, of, of the humanity is this atomization, hyper-individuality, uh, that is so damaging, and yeah. we see it in in way, and we so so we see it in the race to the bottom. We see it where it's like instead yeah. of saying, "Oh, why don't I get those wages? Why don't I get those benefits?" Say of a of a labor uh, agreement, it's like, "Why do they get them?" You know, it, mm-hmm. and so they pit one against the other. It's classic. It was obviously before neoliberalism, but in this era. It's just remarkable uh, that we're even here, but here we are. I agree 100% about the labor. Uh, labor, You know, there's two different takes on labor, Mark. I was reading it in these times, and it kind of explained why labor 
what we would call the established labor, the AFL-CIO would be the poster child for that, their embrace of Biden, because at that level, they do have a working relationship with uh, the Democratic Party. But then I think you and I might be more a part of what this article describes as the labor movement, what Sanders represented, a more broad-based worker movement. Uh, but it must be challenged, um, you know, starting on 11-4, whoever, whoever wins, um, whatever state the country's in, uh, it, it, or otherwise, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, uh, something that's not pretty. Just to kind of wind it up here, it's uh, uh, if we don't, uh, stop it now if we don't stand up to it now uh, well, we're gonna it's it's not gonna be good we're gonna go from bad to worse mark in my right. opinion right um and it, again the weaponization of economics uh you know which you know really isn't new right i mean they weaponized no yeah they, they weaponized the time and time again this is this is the current rendition um and just i'll kind of keep going on my soapbox here uh we uh, i think fundamentally then going back to the, uh, the counter to this hyper individualistic social Darwinism that we've been living with is uh, we have to start defending the idea of a civil society. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. go ahead. Well, and, and, and I think the, yeah, the idea of civil society and the idea of solidarity, right? yes. which actually um, uh, is a, a really important function of civil society and you know having a com- having a public library right that people can go anybody can go you don't even have to be a citizen of of the United States and you find yourself in in uh, uh, you know in uh, 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 Spokane Washington and you go you can go down to the public library and look at books and read periodicals and inform yourself that's that is actually a form of solidarity. And um, for local Spokane, Washington residents to pay their taxes to fund their public library. And we see this all over the place. And you start um, undermining that solidarity by saying, well, taxes are bad, you know, therefore we should get rid of as many taxes as we can. Um, That in effect is a, a, sh- a shortcut to undermining solidarity and consolidating the power of the already rich and powerful. Absolutely. Um, and so it, it's this all kind of hangs together uh, in in many different ways. And uh, and I think that the first, you know, uh, <laughs> the first and the second and the third uh, kind of requirements for us at this point is to understand exactly what we're looking at in terms of neoliberalism and not be fooled by party uh, party labels. There are Democrats who are anti-neoliberal. Uh, there are a few Republicans who are anti-neoliberal as well. And it is out of those, you know, maybe the seeds of that uh, that might emerge more of a populist, as we've talked about before, uh, movement uh, that is not a, uh, a right-wing movement, but if that is a progressive, inclusive populist movement against the ruling elite. And, and those 
politicians especially, uh, but also employers who uh, to, who buy into the whole neoliberal lie and uh, and 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 uh, uh, are you know all all in favor of their own personal gain at destruction of of the public good. Um, that's you know, and that goes in many guises. Um, I I would argue that Obama was uh, uh, you know very good at talking through that kind of stuff, but he ultimately. Um, created the possibility of Trump, in my opinion, by doing the neoliberal thing, and that is bailing out Wall Street and and banks and um, allowing uh, individual mortgage holders to uh, go underwater and to go bankrupt and to lose their houses. We that was that was sort of the. Uh, um, and, and we and we we never did have very much of an economic recovery from that either, uh, because there was no fiscal spending. There was no spending by the government to help ordinary people get through economic hard times. So, if we don't if we don't stand fast to that and try to figure out getting people elected who understand this, um, then we're, you know I think I think we're way more right, you know, for uh, uh, some sort of, you know, uh, fascist type of leader. Trump, Trump is just is so incompetent that he's, he's, he's never much of a threat for that to happen, despite all the hand, hand-wringing that's going on. Uh, uh, but um, I fear someone much more competent coming down the pike and, and addressing Americans' real pain. And if, if we can't get the Democrats to do that, then, uh, you know, maybe I've, I've seen people say, well, it's time to break up the Democratic Party, too. And, totally right. to, and, to, and to realign and get people in there who can speak to average people's uh, suffering, uh, needless suffering under this pandemic and and to uh, effectively address that. That's that's what we really need. That's where Sanders, that's what Sanders really stood for, and that's why you know the elite was so much against him. In fact, they'd rather have Trump than Sanders elected, in my argument. But um, but we have to keep doing that and keep building from below um, to create an effective movement so that we could defense a, a person like Sanders who stands up. We couldn't effectively do that now, and that's partly because we're scattered and, and not as strong as we can be. But if we're, we're working at developing our strength and organizing, and that includes the labor movement, especially, um, on, uh, uh, to have the labor movement join with people who understand that uh, neoliberalism is a lie, um, then, then we can really start seeing uh, some effective uh, counter to um, this destruction of our of our society as we're looking at it right now. I agree. Yeah, a lot there. Um, uh, it actually made my uh, raise. Um, it really struck me when you talk about the public libraries that you could walk in uh, to a library anywhere. Um, to me, they're temples, uh, public parks where you could go down with your family. Again, uh, that's our inheritance. That's our common. We're not going to own a hundred acre private estate. Uh, where I live here in uh, north central Idaho, where you live in Montana, if you got uh, some sort of wheels and enough money for gas, you drive up into the Forest Service 
if you're going to cut wood, that, and that's twenty bucks for for a season's worth of wood, that's it's it's right. I mean, you know, I, think, I mean that that's that's like half a month going to uh, Starbucks, right? Uh, but you know, I, I try to instill that into my grandson when he helps me cut wood. Now, and I said, you know, think about this. I mean, you have to buy a hunting license. That's the state, but we just drive into this incredible place, incredible mm-hmm. place. This is ours. This is our inheritance. Um, uh, it goes on and on. And uh, uh, when it's gone, it's gone. You know, it's um, it's uh, lands in particular, you know, it's uh, parks. I've understood in, in England, they've sold off their libraries. They sold off their parks, yeah. you know, uh, and I'm sure those that bought them would pay, sell them back for uh, uh, enormous profit. Um, and, right. then, yeah, and then, uh, you know, it's under the uh, you got to laugh or cry. The alternative is uh, to, to quote Ron Swanson from Parks and Recs, the Chuck E. Cheese model of civil society. You want education for your kid? Spend a token. If you want to go to a library, spend a token. Right. I mean, is, 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 right. You know, is that how we want to live? Once again, fundamentally, uh, it, to me, in my opinion, it, it really comes down to uh, what society you want to live in. Mark Anderlich, uh, I agree. I think, again, being both of us involved in labor, you a lifetime of it, um, I, I, labor, labor, the faith communities, humanism, uh, all those forces uh, parallel to uh, the uh, the the literal politics, uh, uh, our time's coming. We either it's, it, it's, uh, we got to either step up or step off, uh, regardless of what happens on 11, three. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And, and I think that, uh, our task, um, will look differently, whether it's Trump who wins or whether it's, uh, Biden that wins or whether the Democrats take the Senate or not, or hold the house or not. Um, but it, it, it's, the, it's really one and the same fight. And um, the h- toughest part is to challenge your friends, right? And so organized labor, these Democrats generally as our friends, but organized labor has to really understand that uh, uh, just giving Democrats a pass is absolutely unacceptable in this time. Neoliberalism is a clear and present danger, and whether it's the Democratic form or the Republican form, and we need to um, we need to organize. We need to understand it. We need to speak out against it. We need to organize and create a politics that does not allow, uh, you know, the undermining of our commons, the destruction of what we have built together the uh, destruction of collective bargaining agreements, all of these things in the name of empowering the rich and powerful, that's, that's the current task right now. I agree 100%. Mark Anderlich, friend and comrade, lifelong uh, organizer in the labor and community fronts, uh, which are basically one and the same because uh, – uh, what faces a worker does not start and end at the workplace. Thank you so much, Mark. We're going to call it good for here, but hold on a second. And uh, I want to talk to you before we go, uh, before you leave. Sounds good.
Knockoffs covering the pretend the pretenders. My city was gone. This is John Andercheck. The show has been Labor Lines. I recorded it on the 14th of August from my home in Longview, playing on the 24th of August. If all goes well, thanks to the great efforts of uh, Lee Robertos, our general manager, uh, I upload these to our file system, and he gets it on the air. Makes it look easy. So, again, we had a three-part replay of an interview with a longtime contributor to this show that's been going on for three years now, almost three years, Mark Anderlich, talking about austerity. I hope to have him back on for a new interview as we reassess the situation with the current Congress, we're, what we're seeing if we get the, uh, the infrastructure bill through and the other works in there. Okay, so, again, Labor Lines can be found on, uh, excuse me, on Anchor FM uh, podcasts and other platforms. If you're interested in that, the show and standalone interviews. Okay, I'm going to go out, uh, as I have often in the past, with the new students covering Warren Zevon's Don't Let Us Get Sick.
When I walk to the mill to take up the slack in the line, I thought of my friends and the troubles they've had to keep me from thinking of mine. Don't let us get sick. Don't let us get old. Don't. Let us be the.